You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today, we're going to be talking with Nate Grace, the chief engineer of Prime Archery. And he's going to break down some changes that have recently happened over the last couple years with prime bows. Now, if you were to look at a prime bow a couple years ago, you would automatically know what bow, bow that is, right? They had the quad cam design, two cams up top, two cams on the bottom, and the reason why they had that, you'll hear about today. But there was a change that was coming. And so, uh, and, and there were some some balancing issues and there was some stability issues uh, that they, they really couldn't nail down. So they decided to go to this new core cam design system. And that means that now there's only one cam up top and one cam on the bottom and that just changed i mean when you look at a product any product car truck a house i don't know you can tell the brand of it right and by taking the uh, the the four cams away and replacing it with two you're you're changing the brand image and so there's a whole discussion on that, uh, the whole discussion on the 150 different prototypes that they had to go through in order to get to uh, what you see now with this new RevX, um, Revex or RevX, I'm not sure how you say it, but uh, the new series that they have for 2023. So it's a really good conversation. And I like the fact that I'm able to talk to an actual engineer and not a marketing or a media guy because I get to ask some pretty detailed questions to Nate that I don't feel like a, a marketing guy could answer. So uh, it's a really good episode. Uh, I love seeing, um, and I, I mentioned I mentioned in this podcast that one of my favorite pod, uh, one of my favorite bows of all time was the Prime Logic. And so I mentioned that to him and uh, he asked me a couple questions about it. But other than that, man, it's a really cool informative, uh, behind-the-curtains type podcast about prime archery. I hope you guys enjoy it. Now, before we get into today's episode, uh, I am going to do some commercials. If you are looking for a saddle, 
uh, and you want to learn how to become a saddle hunter, go check out Tethered, uh, tetherednation.com. And not only are you going to find everything you need, saddles, platforms, uh, climbing sticks, uh, what else, uh, saddle hunting accessories, you're going to find information to make you a better shed hunter. So go check out Tethered Saddles. Uh, last but not least, well, I got two more actually, Hunt Stand, all right? Uh, these days, I am on hunt stand. I am e-scouting. I am looking for access routes. I'm checking wind direction. I'm I'm on that in my free time, which is very little these days. But when I'm maybe waiting for a practice to get over, or I'm waiting to pick my kids up from school, or I'm on the in the bathroom, pull up hunt stand and uh, just use their functionality, right? So it's an awesome hunting app that just allows you to be more present uh, in your in your hunting strategy all year round. Uh, second, they have a new pro whitetail platform that everybody needs to go check out. So uh, huntstand.com, go read up on all the functionality. Uh, then we have the Tacticam 6.0. If you're looking to document your hunts, go check out Tacticam's new 6.0 uh, action cam it can be mounted to a bow it can be mounted to a gun and what and it has image stabilization and lcd screen records in 4k so it's the cat's pajamas of action cams especially for those who want to document their hunts take it home show their kids show their buddies uh, of what they saw and what they shot and so go check out tacticam.com awesome company there's the commercials let's just uh cut the bs and get right into today's episode with Nate Grace of Prime Archery. All right, I'm on the phone now with Nate Grace from Prime Archery. Nate, how you doing, man? Doing very good, thanks, man. Yeah, all right, and, and so it's been a while. You've been on the podcast. I think I actually interviewed you at an ATA show, like pre-COVID ATA show, and that was the last time I, I spoke with you on this particular podcast. Oh really? There, yeah. was, there, there was something before COVID, huh? Yeah, <laughs> there was a there was a world before COVID. Absolutely, there was a world. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, and uh, I I love the fact, and I'll just preface what we talked about uh, before I hit the record button, and you said, um, "Hey, I'm I'm not the I'm not necessarily the marketing guy. I get paid to draw pictures and do the en- some of the engineering work, and that's right. why I love having guys like you on." the podcast because there's there's certain questions that I've asked in the past where a marketing guy or a media guy would just say yeah that's a great question but I don't necessarily know the answer that would be something for our engineer to to answer and so now that I have the engineer online here I can you know I can ask those questions but you know so when I get my my back you know, up against the wall, we just say, I'll have to ask the marketing guy. So. <laughs> so there's always someone to blame, right? There's always somebody else, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so for for prime archery, I mean, back in the day, and, and this is, is, and when I say back in the day, I, I how many years now has it been since you guys have went from the dual cam to the, the single cam? Uh, this is their second year. Second year, okay. Yep. And so back as as far back as two years ago, right, Prime was known for this this look with two cams, two on the top, two on the bottom. And, right. it, I mean, you didn't even need to know what the brand name was. You could just look at the bow and say that's a Prime, okay? So my first question right. to you is what was the reaction that 
Prime got once it went from that dual cam to the the single cam? Uh, it was mixed for sure. Um, like you said, we knew kind of going into it, you know, part of our identity was the the quad cam or the parallel cam or the the four cam, you know, whatever um, kind of people um, noticed about our bows. I mean, that was the biggest thing. There were some other differences, but obviously that stood out. So a lot of our guys that, you know, that really bought into prime and were prime guys, they were a little bit miffed of like, what? I thought this is, you know, you know, this is who you guys are. Um, but, um, a lot of the other guys that were always kind of on the, the fence about us were kind of like, well, I, I can understand that now. Yeah. Um, the, the, the parallel cam definitely had a, uh, kind of the appearance of being more complex. You know, there was a second string track, even though it was just a, a symmetrical track. Um, I guess to me it was, it's, it's, not functioning in a lot of ways that people interact with the bow differently you know it's it's handling the forces and and all that stuff on the axle differently you know that us engineers you know could see the difference but for the average guy we didn't really see that as being a uh, a big deal but when we switched over guys that were like man I, i can't deal with five strings or seven strings you know um give me three and <laughs> we'll call it good. Um, those kind of guys were definitely much more like, Hey, I, you know, um, maybe they were staying away from prime cause it just seemed a little bit too complex for them. And now they're, well, yeah, let me shoot the bow. You know, I, I could see myself owning something with three strings rather than five or more. So, gotcha. um, it was kind of a mixed at, at the beginning. Um, and a lot of guys thought, well, you know, with the parallel cam, we were supposed to be handling the loads on the axle differently than everybody else. And so now that you went to a three-track system, do you just not care about that? You know, that was kind of a, a natural question. Um, and from, you know, from 20 yards out, the, the, the our three-track system looks very similar to everybody else. And, and the three-track systems out there all have camling issues and um you know, left and right issues and stuff like that. And so they just assume, well, you're going to have the same problem with yours. And, you know, once we were able to show them, hey, we're, we're doing something different, we're actually traversing the, the cables um, into and underneath the, the string as you, draw the, um, as you draw the string backwards, and that's how we're controlling the, the cam lean or the forces on the axle in a very, very similar way, um, or maybe not in the same way, but... Um, the end result is a very steady cam system like the parallel. So we're not giving up the, the cam lean control or that horizontal not travel is, is what we always referred to it as um, any differently than the parallel cam. So we're not giving that up. We still believe that's as important as it, as it was on day one uh, when we when we launched uh, Prime back in 2011. Okay. So, All right. And so... Talk to us a little bit about that that step, and and so it sounds to me like just because it looks different doesn't mean it is different. And so you know you're, you're still you have still addressed the old issues with the new design of a single cam bow. Uh, get into the details about what this this system this new system is that you guys have incorporated and, and why it's so I guess and the and the technology behind it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it goes right back to the, the parallel cam. 
um, if you look at the, the axle that's going through, you know, the, the, the limb tips um, and through the, through the cam, if you can kind of imagine that like a teeter-totter, um, you know, just like the one that you had in, oh, I don't know, it depends on how old you are. You know, they've gotten rid of a lot of the cool playground stuff. Um, I don't know if teeter-totters are considered dangerous now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- there was this thing called a teeter-totter. <laughs> and, you know, if the two kids that were on, on the end of this uh, pole, basically, you know, sitting on it, they were the same size, everything was kind of fun. The teeter-totter worked the way it was. But, you know, all it took is one big big kid to get on the one side and one little kid, and the big kid always won out, right? Right. The, the, little, the little kid on the other side, he's, you know, lighter, half the weight or whatever, his feet were dangling in the air, and um, this isn't fair. So that's the same thing that's naturally happened with compound bows. It's the same thing that Alan... Uh, when, when he came up with a compound uh, um, bow or, or the, the cam system, um, mentioned that. Uh, so the, the cool thing about the, the cam is, is, you know, you, you get a leverage, um, uh, the, the forces, um, and so the, the, the tension on the string goes up a little bit and then it comes down. But on the cables, when you draw back, it, they just go up, 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 up. So um, there's really only two points in your jaw force curve where those forces are equal outside of that either the strings got more force or the cables got more force and so that cam is basically teeter-tottering uh or that axle is is teeter-tottering so it's it's leaning left and then maybe right you know and 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 obviously your strings attached to that what's attached to your string is your knot and so that knot travel uh you know, when, when you pull that trigger and, and that release that string and it's pushing that knot forward, um, it's going to follow that cam lean and, um, and, and that axle tilting. So with the parallel cam, we just split the loads of the string and put the cable tr- tracks right down the center. So everything was completely balanced. It didn't matter when you were drawing the bow back. Um, all the forces were balanced all the time. Um, with typical, you know, cams like I was talking about before again they're only balanced at two points of the draw cycle other than that the the the, the string track the, the main feature on the cam that everybody's looking at is either tilting to the left or to, or to the right it's never straight up and down um, so with this new uh, three track system so last year it was the inline cam system uh, we updated it. it's called the, the core cam system this year but what we're doing is it, it looks like a three track system um, similar to maybe Elite, Hoyt, um, uh, some of the early Bowtech um, cams. Um, and there's probably a few other guys out there that have it. Um, I guess Hoyt has that now as a three-track as well. Um, so if, if you were to start like a right-handed bow um, and on your, your right side is, is a cable track, a second cable track, and then the string track, um, and that's what our cam looks like. As you draw back, those two cables will actually start to traverse. Um, even though all three, the string cable and second cable tracks, are all side by side, um, before you draw the string back, as you draw it back, those two cables actually start to move underneath each other and then underneath the uh, the string track. And that's how we're we're balancing that load as you draw the the bow back. So it's basically camling. It doesn't mean anything. Does it matter? Um, it does because it's attached to the knock. And what we're trying to do with this, just like the parallel cam, was control that left and right knock travel. 
um, not just the vertical that everybody's been talking about for 30 years, but the left and right as well. Our core cam system on, on the new bows uh, this year and the inline cam, uh, which had the inline cam system uh, last year, um, basically have those traversing, those laterally traversing uh, cable tracks in order to manage that. Okay. So the buzz, so the buzzword kind of words and phrases. Sorry about that, but yeah, yeah. So the buzzword here though is balance. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so not only is uh, the balance in the uh, the not travel up down left right, but what about cam timing? Does 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 this help with cam timing as well? Uh, not necessarily. No. Um, I mean, one of the things that's unique about us is is our, our grip isn't um, uh, we, we're not a pull from center um, system like Matthews uh, is, is pro- you know the biggest name in, in, in bows their top and bottom cams are symmetrical so if you were to lay them over top of each other they're, they're basically the same thing they just have cable tracks on different sides of the string track uh, with us um, where we have the uh, we actually pull above center and um, our top and bottom cam are actually different shaped, and, and that's more of a of a of a way to control that vertical knock travel. Um, it's a slave system with the cables, so that um, our cables aren't going to the to the axle. There, there's no uh, split yoke system or anything like that. So it's a slave system, so that helps. Um, but with our our unique um, bow design. Um, what, how we control the vertical knock travel is by having that top cam being a different shape and being larger than the bottom cam. Okay. And then that, so that offsets the, the center pole. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause the distance from the knot to, to the, the top axle is shorter on our bow than, than the, the distance um, from the knot to the bottom axle. Right. We're so, so we're, uh, we're like, uh, a center pole system like PSE and Matthews, what they have is that distance is equal from the knot. So right. their their cams are symmetrical, top and bottom. Okay. All right. What I always get interested in, uh, especially with with bow manufacturers, is the round table uh, that everybody you know sits around and they have the conversation of what are we going to do next uh, next year right. and 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 the year after that and and maybe even in some instances you guys already have planned out for the next three or four years or whatever. Right. When when you guys were at that table and you were just discussing, let's move away from the dual cam system and get into this this single cam system. Was there already engineering and design and uh, you know, like you said, all I do is draw pictures. Was there any uh, CAD pictures and things like that that had to be brought to the table first? I mean, were were you testing this the whole time? What did that What did that conversation within Prime look like? Um, well, I, I we're a little bit um, we're probably different than than the the typical. Uh, we're not quite as linear as everybody else, uh, at least what everybody thinks is a typical product development group. You know, so the other bow companies may be or not. I don't know. I've never worked there, so I don't know what they are. But this, we're not quite as linear. Um, when we started the parallel cam, we knew there were some, some negatives to it. Every system has a negative. Um, and uh, 
you know, one of, and some of the negative was there was just more metal. The, the two string tracks were thinner and tend to vibrate a little bit more. Um, we thought maybe over time we could figure out ways to, to mitigate that and reduce that vibration. Um, and then, then there were, you know, some other things that came up through the years, guys wanting rotating mods. Um, the modular system on that was, you know, a little bit hard because of the, the two tracks, stuff like that. Um, so early on, we were already aware of the issues. We were already working on other cam systems that we would develop and see, you know, and, and test. Well, okay, so it solved this one problem, but now we have this new problem we don't like. Um, and we also have a, another bow brand uh, quest that we've been doing. And, and so every year through that, we've developed all kinds of single cam and a half, uh, different twin cams, different slave systems through the years. So we got to be really... Uh, we were quite intimate with every cam system out there, uh, the pluses and minuses, um, and then all the, the, the systems that we were building through the years. So it was kind of one of those things where, you know, we develop a lot of stuff that never gets to the market, um, and it, it just got to be one of those where we saw we, we just couldn't, we couldn't manage the vibration and the noise uh, from the, the parallel cam. So what do we got? So so I guess what were what were the options? Yeah. So we went back to engineering and went through all of our notebooks and all of our prototypes and was kind of like, well, this system could work. We never really got it to work, but but boy, if we could, it, it would be awesome. And so we just okay, well, let's do what it takes to get it to work. And uh, I, I think it took just about over a year to to finalize it. But we, you know, some of those prototypes and. And some of that knowledge was built over 12 years of just constantly building things. Because there's lots of times we'll just come up with an idea, hey, this would be really cool to solve. Let's go build it, test it for just the simple fact of does it work? Like right. we don't even know. Because there's a lot of times when you build something, you're like, well, yeah, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> so we have piles of that stuff, you know, just that we can always pull from. Um so sometimes, you know, some of those halfway figured out ideas, you know, we started six years ago, you know, put two years into it. It's just been sitting around yeah. since then, and, and yeah. then we'll, we'll have time to finish it or uh, maybe a, a fresh take on it to be able to like, oh, that hurdle that we couldn't get past or that wall we couldn't get through, we figured out how to get through it. Yeah. Is a lot of that product design uh, and uh, prototype is that all done in-house? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it, uh, through the years, we've had a, a few, you know, uh, we're not the only intelligent people in the world, so there's been ideas that have come from the outside. Um, you know, people come up that are just passionate about it. They have a real day job. They love hunting. They prototype something, and they're like, hey, what do you think? Um, but, yeah, 99% uh, of it is, yeah. is all done. And so the reason I asked that question is because what that allows you to do then, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it allows you to almost streamline and speed up the prototype process and the development process to where you have the ability to just create a whole bunch of stuff and test it on a shorter period of time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we spend a lot of time just on that process yeah. of 
how do you develop a CAM system? Um, you know, when I first started uh, developing CAMs, um, you know, however long ago that is now, uh, 18 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever, you know, it would take us a couple days to develop a CAM. You know, that was, was good enough to get onto a bow and drop back, shoot it, see what it does. Um, but now we can do that in about two hours. Um, oh, wow. We can go from a, a, an, an idea to a shootable product in about two, uh, two hours. So we've spent a lot of time through the years just developing that process. Okay. Uh, same with limbs, risers. You know, we, we, that prototype process, like you said, um, the shorter that is, boy, I mean, you, it, it's not just having one good idea that you get through that cycle. It's, it's having five or six a day that you can go through and bang out a whole bunch of stuff that you're like, hey, that one really sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that again, but we learned something, so try this next one. Okay, that one sucked a little bit less. Um, but just keep working at it. And, and um, you know, I think a lot of people might have the impression, at least, you know, maybe other places are like this, but at Prime we don't, where we just calculate everything on a board, and then the first time you make it, it works. Um, I, I don't, that that's not reality uh, yeah. to us here. Yeah. So this this new core cam system that you guys have introduced, was was that just a bunch of prototyping and, and testing, like you, you said, or was it was it more of a, Hey man, we got this design. I think it's going to work. You you tested it a couple times, and it it it, it worked uh, to your guys's liking. Well, what's uh, it was kind of this one was kind of funny because uh, my right hand man for the longest time, uh, his name is uh, Scott Prater. He's a, a missionary now in Thailand. Okay. Uh, but um, him and I, you know, worked on everything up until about a year ago together um, through Prime's history. Um, and I just remember arguing with him about this. And, and I was like, dude, we've tried that so many times. It's never worked. It, it won't work. He's like, no, I got one. Give me one more crack at it. I'm like, all right, do whatever you think. Um, and then like two weeks later, he came back and he's like, I got it. I, I think this thing is going to work. Um, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. It, 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 it's performing better than I thought. Um, so, um, but since then, you know, um, we had 30, 40 revisions since that point to get to the inline cam system. Um, and then from inline to the core cam system, which they're, they're fundamentally doing the same thing. They have traversing cable tracks that come underneath that string track. Um, the, with the RevX bows and the core cam system, we had over 150 prototypes, um, or cam prototypes that we developed. Um, and that was more trying to go after very minute, uh, not travel, uh, tunability kind of, uh, thing. So fundamentally we already kind of figured all out how to keep that load balanced on the inline cam, but just to work out, not travel with extreme, you know, FOC, um, short draw, um, all the different styles of rest that are out there just trying to really make, is, is there a certain knock travel? in a very minute kind of way. We're not talking, you know, a quarter inch or, um, it's, it's something that's even kind of hard to, to measure, but is there something there that would be more tuner friendly with all the variety of, of setups that are up on the market today? So we had a hundred, over 150 revs, um, 
just on the the core cam system from last year. Okay. Um, so then, so then, as you guys are you know fine tuning the cams, does the rest of it kind of fall into place? And what I mean by that is all the other buzzwords that people talk about, like uh, draw cycle or uh, uh, energy efficiency, which really is like hand shock and things like that did that all fall into place or did each one of those categories then have to be addressed as well no you're you're right every one of those had to be addressed and that's the the primary reason um not the primary but yeah i mean of those 150 yeah there was a big swap that was for for subtle not travel changes others were draw cycle other was efficiency um yeah, it's trying to, to find that that um, ratio between between everything and the, the compromises that you're trying to make with the different features to to get the the total package correct. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so, you you got the cam the cam system then doing what you want. You've reduced the the not travel like you've wanted. Um, go into the detail then about like the and we can just talk about the Rev X now. Uh, leaning into this new, you know, this new bow cycle. What were some of the issues then that needed to be addressed on the Rev X as you're as you're building this bow and as you're trying to make it uh, ready for market? Yeah, I mean, again, we we spent most of the time on the on the, the cam this year, but um, but yeah, the the riser, the the way the riser flexes. Um, cause every riser flexes their long skinny parts. Um, so that's the other equation to not travel, but that, you know, vibration and noise, uh, come into play there as well. Um, so there, there's a lot of fine tuning there that we do with the cutouts, um, and, and different things you can thicken and thin up areas of, of the top riser. So it would flex a little bit more like the bottom vice versa, um, that we, we go through every year. Um, same with the, even the, the, the cutouts and some of that stuff in the cam as well, where you put mass and where you take it away will, will help the feel and the sound of the bow. Um, uh, the other one was just the, uh, the string stop. We, we had a, a little, uh, it was kind of like a hole in the center of our string stop, which kind of seemed, uh, like it really shouldn't matter. And it was there for manufacturing purposes only but we found that that was actually making a a a noise when we were shooting the bow um and so we uh, reshaped that just that rubber piece on the end of that that rod um to make it quieter um we were able to to, to, to reduce the tone of the bow by just making a, a subtle change there um string weights all that stuff it all plays into the, the, the feed, or, or sorry, the, the feel, the speed, uh, and the, the sound of the bow. Okay. So there's a lot of little subtle things that are going on, little details that most of the time we leave out because the vast majority of people don't want to know all those little kind of uh, those details, but uh, there's a lot that goes in every year. Yeah. And, uh, and, at the end of the day, how much do people like, how much do people even care about what we're talking about? You know, like, so 
when you get feedback from an end user, do they even care about all the details <laughs> that go into these bows? Or are they more concerned of, I, I want to shoot a, I want to shoot a, a bow. I shot this bow. It's aw- It feels awesome. I want to buy it. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they just, they want to pursue their passion. Yeah. You know, and as long as the, the tool or the bow or, or whatever is, is allowing them to do that, that's, that's what they care about. Right. Um, and so for us, it's our job to try to interpret that back. Okay. Well, they don't know what string weights do, <laughs> yeah. but I do. So, so what does that mean to them? And, um, you know, there are things that we've spent an enormous amount of time and effort into that at the end of the day, the consumer doesn't even care about. They're like, I, I, I don't care. So, I mean, that's been a learning process for us through the years of speaking their language. Even though we're all hunters ourselves, that's why we started all this is because uh, well, we didn't really think this was going to take off when we started uh, G5 and, and Prime. Uh, yeah. You know, our day job was making parts for other people, other industries, but we bow hunted and that's what we cared about. But, you know, you're just one person and... Um, there's a lot of other people with a lot of other uh, ideas and needs. Yeah. But yeah. generally, yeah, they don't care about why it's that way. They just want to know that this is going to this is going to help, right? Right. Me get that buck or that bull or. Gotcha. All right. So, you know, when you look at bows on paper, right? Like 32-inch axle-to-axle, 6-inch brace height, draw weight, blah, 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 you know, weight, blah, 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 draw weight, blah, blah, blah. So when you look, when you look on uh, these, at some, some bows on paper, it doesn't look like much, anything is changing, really, right? right? And so the speed is relatively the same. You know, there might be some gradual yeah. speed over the years that kind of comes with new... Uh, design features or or technology bows might get lighter because of you know a carbon right. riser and things like that so what actually makes a bow better in your hand than what it does on paper every year yeah i mean that's what we've been kind of trying to tackle um uh with um like you said i mean it's been years since the speed's really changed you know, um, weights, you know, when the, the carbon bow came out, you know, that had the ability to, to drastically change some of the weights. Um, uh, seems like carbon bows now are the same as, as the aluminum bows. Um, but yeah, I, I think for us, what we've been focused on, it was one was the, um, the bow's ability to, to push the shaft, uh, cleanly and, re- and, and repeatedly, and, and that's where the the knot travel, the horizontal and the vertical knot travel, um, kind of came in. And the features like the our parallel cam, and now going into our core cam system, the flexing cable guard, uh, the swerve on the riser, all that was the to, to, to try to uh, combat that. Uh, you know, the how easy a bow is to tune, um, and, and those kind of things. Um, but lately, we've been kind of going after more of how that bow aims. Um, yeah. Which it's it's a little harder to, to to explain that, but as a shooting sport, that's kind of like priority number one. Like if yeah. you can't hit what you're intending, does anything else really matter? Um, and so that's what we've been going after with the the center grip um, riser design and, and some of the other things. 
um, to be able to help those uh, those aspects of of our sport. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> how how do you guys judge customer feedback? Whether you know you you put a bow in someone's hand, and how how does a a, a lay person explain to an engineer what needs to be done better or what they like and how, and then how do you change that? Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's even harder to explain. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it really comes down to us, uh, engineers just being around customers more and that's right. It, it, it sounds so simple to everybody on the other side, but, um, just to be able to see people struggle with something, um, not be able to communicate it, but you can just see they're struggling with that draw cycle or they, they really don't like that, how that grip feels or, um, boy, they shot yesterday or last week at, at, um, league really well, but today they're really struggling. I wonder why, Yeah. you know, um, it's just getting into the messy part of just having more relationships with people Yeah. that use, use this stuff and, you know, and then and then opening yourself up, not trying to be so secretive of, hey, here's a potential solution, so maybe this is part of next year's product line, but just bringing it out to the public sooner and being like, hey, try this. Does this yeah. help? No, it makes it even worse. You're like, yeah. wow, that's weird. Yeah. And then just, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, the other thing that I, I kind of, I'm, I'm always interested in knowing is we have I'm looking at the the Revex, the new bows from the Revex series here, and you got the 32 axle to axle, the 34 axle to axle, the 36, and then you have um, the the 32 and the 34 both have you know, six and a quarter inch brace heights, and then the the 36 has the uh, the the six and three quarters. Correct. How do you guys know what specs to bring to the table? And I'm going to ask another question after this, which is. Um, is is this trend based, or is this how these bows perform at these specs? Well, axle axle um, is is really a. Uh, I mean, there's there's a couple different styles of hunting um, that would dictate a, a longer versus shorter, um, and then there's just. Um, geography you know guys where there's heavy timber aren't shooting as far as distances um than guys out in the mountains in the plains where they're shooting further distance um you know um so there's there's styles of of hunting and comforts and stuff as well um that that kind of dictate the axle axle uh some is draw length a guy with longer draw length is going to typically shoot a longer axle axle just the way that string presents itself to their face is more comfortable um, but then the, the rest of the stuff, brace height, it, it, that is really driven by speed. Um, you know, it used to be a sin to go below, you know, below seven inches, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of been broken and, uh, um, yeah. Uh, and then the, you know, everything else kind of follows, uh, from there. Yeah. Cause I just remember, uh, I don't know, I think we're coming out of it now and I'm starting to see the minimum now be more in that 32 axle axle range. But, you know, previously we were getting into that 28 to 20, you know, even lower axle to axle range. And it just felt like it was an industry trend. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think perhaps. I yeah. mean, um, I'm not all-knowing, but perhaps uh, part of that reason is, is it seemed like the other thing that's been broken the last 10 years is that the distance. Um, you know, when you start to take a whitetail past 20 yards, people are like, well, that's, that's kind of a suspect. Uh, you know, maybe they had a, a moral or an ethical, uh, in, you know, complain about that but you know guys are you know the equipment and everything with range finders and just people's passion are there they're just able to to take longer shots uh, more accurately than they have in the past so i think maybe that's helped move some of this yeah um i mean animals are still animals so um you know reaction times and stuff like that but i've i've you know you probably know guys yourself that i mean they they can read the body language of that animal so well. Yeah. Uh, and they know that, that animal that they're hunting so well that they know if, if they're going to duck or if, if they're jittery or, or whatever. So, so, you know, people, I think just the education there as well of being able to read that uh, animal uh, body language to be able to, mi- to know like, Hey, that, that deer's only 30 yards, but man, once I pull the trigger, that the animal is going to be, 10 feet from right. where I'm hitting by the time the arrow gets there. Right. Don't take that shot. Right. Or, you know, that animal is so relaxed right now. You, you can go ahead and stretch out um, and, and, and make that shot that you've been shooting behind your house six months straight and, you know, yeah, yeah. with a lot of confidence. So, so I will say so this. That's part of it yeah. um, as well. Okay. All right. Anything else? I mean, uh, for us, um, part of the reason why we have uh, typically the 34, 35-inch axle axle has been more of our customer um, wheelhouse than, than the, the shorter axle axle. Gotcha. Uh, that's the only other reason why we tend to be a little bit longer than everybody else as well. Okay, cool, cool. Well, I'll tell you this, Nate. Um, I have in my head a list of bows that I have just loved throughout the years. Um, one of them was the very first bow that I ever bought with my own money. And, and it's because it was such a huge jump from, uh, from what I was shooting that it was, you know, a brand new flagship bow. And in this top five of all the, all my favorite bows throughout the year, I, I will say that the prime logic, the first year you guys brought the logic out was was probably one of my favorite bows of all time that I've ever shot. And uh, and then, you know, you, you jumped up in that Logic series uh, from there. But I, I love that bow. I loved what Prime, you know, I love what Prime is about. And, uh, uh, and so, although last year I did not get the opportunity to shoot, um, to shoot the, the single cam, I did this year. And man, you guys that's a it's a really good bow man yeah yeah we've been getting um uh, really good feedback with it um we're real happy where where the product is this year um can i ask why the the logic what was it about it that yeah i I think it might have been one of the the very first bows that i ever it might have had i think it had limb stops on it and so okay as I drew back, my anchor was rock solid, and right. I just felt like I had more control over that bow, and that confidence just led to better accuracy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty common. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. So, oh. um, 
you know, we're, we're coming to the end here. So I really do appreciate you taking time out of the day to uh, hop on and, and talk to us a little bit about, you know, your guys' process and, and the new cams that are on the, the RevX and uh, all of the, the other stuff that we talked about today. Uh, if, if people want to find out more about your guys' uh, new lineup, where do we send them? Uh, you can just send them to g5prime.com. Perfect, perfect. All right, Nate. Well, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this. Yeah, yeah thanks, brother.